Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Now, there's a lot of great things happening here on TeacherCast. We recently announced last night on the Tech Educator Podcast that the show is going through a little bit of a metamorphosis as we move into 2018. It is with great pleasure that I'm announcing that we're having a completely brand new name completely brand new logo and i'm excited to be sharing some of the great things that are happening to teacher cast in 2018 stick with us uh, throughout the, our transformation of course there's several great ways that you can find us here you can reach out on twitter at TeacherCast. leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail email us at feedback at teachercast.net and of course subscribe to this and all of our shows over on teachercast.net slash itunes and teachercast.net slash youtube makes a great stocking stuffer this holiday season tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about things that you can do with your pre-k students many of you guys know my edu triplets just celebrated their four birthday. I know I can't believe it myself. And the only thing that my kids want to do is play with products from Lego education. And <laughs> we've been building and building and building over the last few weeks. And, um, and I was telling people last night on the show that all the only thing that my kid wants for Christmas is Legos. And I'm so thrilled today to talk to three amazing educators from the Boston area that are not only experts in early child development, and, and they deal with kids that are my age all the time, but uh, they're also going to sh- talk about some of the great products coming out from Lego education. I want to introduce here Alicia Carroll. Alicia, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, I've been teaching in the Boston Public Schools for around 20 years, and I am directing STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, and the arts, of course, um, at the East Boston Early Education Center. Thank you so much for joining us. I also want to bring on Mirna Promosis. Mirna, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I work for the Boston Public Schools. I've been a teacher for about um, 25 years. Currently, I teach um, K0, K1, and K2 in the Montessori um, system. Nice. Thank you so much for joining us today. And our last guest, uh, Kate Lease. Kate, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's see. So I have been a teacher for just about eight years now. Um, I work for the Primrose School in Burlington, Massachusetts, and I oversee curriculum and instruction there. Well, thank you guys so much. I got to tell you, I am excited to learn from you guys today. We are, of course, talking on the pre-show about some of the things that my little rugrats are getting into. Mm -hmm. And and let's just kind of open up uh, the conversation here. when it comes to finding great STEM activities, can you bring STEM? Uh, we're just going to use the word STEM and STEAM interchangeably here, but can you yeah. bring STEM or STEAM activities into our youngest of learners? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, in the time that we are living, it is not only possible, it's important to be bringing it to the youngest learners because the world is changing the world they're going to be growing up in and growing into is you know completely different than what we have now Um, and stem really lays the foundation for the skills that they'll need to navigate all of that how so so i mean when we think about 
the skills that they'll need as adults. You know, of course, the reading, the writing is, is all important, but, you know, they really need to be able to work collaboratively, to communicate, mm -hmm. to solve problems, to be flexible, um, you know, to persevere, to think critically, kind of all of those skills. And, you know, what's great about STEM is it's, it provides all of that for them, you know, it provides that foundation that helps them problem solve, it, you know, gives them the foundation to be able to, you know, think outside of the box and get creative, be confident in taking risks. Um, and that's, that's what they're going to need. Now, when we're looking at bringing in some of these activities, I, I've been noticing even with my own kids, some of the STEM activities They've been around forever, right? I mean, if you look at STEM, it's a making, it's a building, it's a constructing, it's it's all of those things. And I'm going, well, wait a minute, isn't that Mr. Potato Head? Isn't that building with sand and, and Play-Doh and all those other things? Mm -hmm. Is this stuff that parents can just pick up and do? Are there special things that parents need to know before bringing in a, a STEM activity? Or should parents even be bringing in STEM activities? Should we just be bringing in toys that happen to be STEM activities? What's great, I would say, and I, I'm sure Alicia and Mirna might agree, is that, you know, your kids are pre-programmed to explore, to be curious. I am sure, you know, any parent can tell you that they spend their entire day hearing, well, why, what if, how, you know, and that is, that's STEM, um, well, I think one of the things that I'm thinking about with what you previously asked, um, and I think uh, in terms of what kids need today, and it's not, we're not asking kids to just memorize facts and lists of facts like when I was growing up, and that's what they were asking you to do in school. We're asking kids to be critical thinkers who can make sense of information, who can analyze, compare, contrast, make inferences, generate higher order thinking skills. And I think in order to do that, to help parents to be able to do that, it's provide opportunities for play, for kids to engage, to be able to, to hold conversations, um, also to be able to pause and wait for your child to, to go to the next steps on their own and to not to intervene immediately, but to see what they do and ask questions, but also be a facilitator of your child's learning, to, to stand back and hear what they have to say about their learning. What, what would you say add to that? No, definitely. It's very interesting to observe the kids work with um, the theme park and um, see how they put things together, how they... Um, cooperate with other kids and they talk about it and they, they, they share ideas and mm -hmm. they say, oh, no, this is not, you know, I think this is better if we do this. Maybe we can build this together. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it, it's wonderful to see how sometimes with this STEM park, they share ideas, they, they learn from each other, mm -hmm. and, and they socialize. And, so, and one of the things that I've noticed, too, with Steam Park is that kids just naturally 
of following the engineering process. Like they'll tell you, I have my own idea about what I want to do. Then they'll start constructing and building. Then they'll reflect and say, well, this isn't working the way I want it to. I need to go back. I want to make some changes. And then they'll come back again and say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to add. And it's just a real natural process for them to do that. So you're, you're mentioning a product called Steam Park, uh, recently released from Lego Education. And I had the opportunity to, to, to test drive this thing out. And, and as you said, it is absolutely wonderful. It gives these students a lot of, um, I don't know, do, do we call them minifigs? But a little little characters, and yep, uh-huh. it gives them various you know building blocks, and they have a chance to build these little stations and 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 you know I, I'm watching my kids play with this stuff, and and I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, uh-huh. but it just comes as you said, it just comes natural to them. But what I'm mm-hmm. finding, and and this is where I'm asking for help here as a parent, mm-hmm. is I want to help and I want to ask those kinds of questions why did you do that how did you do that like all those different you know critical thinking questions mm-hmm. but as four-year-olds they don't yet have the cognitive skills to answer the questions but they know what the question is and so like my oldest just goes well just because but i know he doesn't have the the thought process yet to be able to f- explain why he's building this the way he's building it yet how how do we bring those questions to having an answer in in in, you know, our four and five year olds. I think, you know, what's important to remember about four and five year olds is that they think in a very concrete way. So starting by asking questions, you know, just about the basics of what they're seeing in front of them, you know, how are these gears working together to turn what you've built on top of it? Um, you know, things like that, that are kind of concrete things that they can, you know, they're seeing the concept in front of them. They're watching it at work. Um, and, you know, and sometimes you will have to give them the vocabulary to talk through that. Um, but if I think if you start in the concrete and then move it out as, you know, as you see them engage further in their play with it, move it out to the more abstract concepts of the whys, um, you know, that, that's kind of a good path to follow with it. As far as bringing in, as you said, the the critical thinking skills, we kind of just hit on that, but you have the communication skills, right? You have the the collaboration skills. Something like the Steampark set or other Lego education products certainly lends it, especially in my house, to having multiple students work together on one common project. Talk to us a little bit about, because I mean, I, I, I had asked Kate earlier, she's got what do you have? Forty-five kids in the class. Sixty. What, what, what's your number? You you've got a few, right? We have twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Um, how many students are in each of your classes or groups? Well, um, yes, I actually have a makerspace, and in that makerspace, I could have between seventeen to twenty kids wow. in that makerspace working. Wow. So okay. yeah. Uh, how is that? I mean, how, how how do you go about, especially in a makerspace? It's an open-ended area. How do you uh-huh. how do you org? Just start with how. <laughs> how I think part, part of it is you know setting up the environment that's conducive to learning, and allowing kids to be independent and to make their own own choices. And I think one of the things that helps a lot is that you begin to ask those questions because kids will respond 
they will, when you ask them, so what are you thinking here? So what's your idea? And they'll say, well, first my idea started off in my brain. And then I looked at some of the pieces and I decided I wanted to make a train like what's here, one, one student built. And then he said, he started with the story, well, once upon a time I built this train and then he goes into it and he talks about how he got stuck and he couldn't figure out how to balance his train. So then he said, then I tested it out. I put two bricks here and I took, put two bricks on the other side and I noticed that I was balancing it hmm. and that it worked. So it's opportunities where, you know, sometimes you know when to engage and ask questions and then you have a feel when you need to, back away when kids don't want to say anymore. And they'll say, that's all I want to say. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, once they get used to you just kind of asking questions and it just being a natural process and it's no right or wrong answer, they feel more comfortable to talk to you. And is it easier to get them to talk in a one-to-one -one, or is it easier to get them to talk in a group you find? What would you say, Marla? Well, it, it varies. You know, sometimes... Um, kids, they get motivated when there's a child that was able to share his ideas or her, you know, her ideas, but it varies. You just have to know that particular child. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I, I love about the products here, um, I was able to, over the summertime, check out a, a set that they have called Build Me, Build Me Emotions. Emotions. I, I, I love this set and, and yeah. I remember taking it home for the first time and just sharing and basically what the set is for those of you who are, you know, driving. Um, it is a set that you are to work with your students on on building little human figures. They give you some cards with what they could look like, but there's a series of yellow uh, head faces and yes. each side of the head. I'm I know I know I'm explaining this with my hand as if you guys can see this, but you uh -huh. know, on one side of the head, there's a happy face and then there's a sad face. Uh, All we did was we opened up the box, we pulled out the various heads, and I, put, I gave them to my kids, and they were three and a half at the time, and I said, what is this? And one of them says, it's happy, it's silly, it's sad, and I'm going, mm -hmm. where are you getting these adjectives? But they knew that. And so we yeah. built the figure, and I said to my daughter, is this person happy? And she goes, no, he's silly. I'm going, well, what's the difference? Well, of course they couldn't tell me what the difference was, but the fact that they could tell me there was a difference mm -hmm. was was pretty eye-opening for me right because you oh yeah you know especially with yeah. parents you you don't see the learning sometimes you get to see what has been learned well and it's so important too with the emotions you know when they're two three and four and just learning to identify the emotions that set is amazing for showing them that there is a difference um you know they you know, it's important for them to learn about the body language of emotions and those things as well. But, you know, being able to see it in the, the you know, concrete little Lego face um, really makes it easier for those kids who are still at the age where they're still figuring it all out. You right. know, what does mom's face mean that she's feeling right now? You know, it, it kind of helps them navigate that in a safe way. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that we did at our school was we made sure that all the pre-K uh, classrooms had the sets and the kindergarten sets. And we started off at the beginning of the year talking about feelings because, you know, right away you're coming to school, you're feeling nervous about school, you're scared, you're excited. And so we used um, Build Me Emotions as a launching for talking about your emotions and your feelings and then getting kids 
you know, using the lesson on facial expressions and talking about what is a facial expression. Can you make a silly face? Can you make a happy face? And so what was interesting was that some kids, because, you know, there are emotions on both sides of the head, they would say, well, I'm feeling both of those feelings at the same time. Right now, I'm feeling angry because I had to leave my house to come to school. But then I also feel excited to, to see my friends. So they talked about you could be feeling two different things at one time which I thought was pretty brilliant for young kids to connect that. I, I, I love getting the kids to, tr you know, as you said, try to express themselves, try to explain what their world looks like and feels like to them. Um, again, I'm at, you know, we're at the stage here where you, you know that they've got those emotions, but they're just not quite there yet, but it's coming. Mm, exactly. How does it mm -hmm. work when you have 30 kids? How does it work when you, you've got this large group um, when you're looking at this, do you purchase one set of Lego education products? Do you look at, do you recommend <laughs> one set? Like let, let's take the steam park. Um, you've got 20 kids. Mm -hmm. We have get... three steam park sets in my classroom for 20 children. Okay. Um, and that is because it is, it, I'm, you know, not saying this because I deeply love education. Lego education, I am saying this because it is true. It is the most popular toy in yes. the kindergarten classroom. Mm -hmm. So we had to have enough to go around to prevent the arguments and the and the fighting over it. No, no, no. That's that's communication and collaboration. That's what Well, okay, so then the question comes up and, and I'm I, and I'll 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 ask you too, because you're running a makerspace. How yeah. do you organize this stuff? Do you throw all three sets on the floor and say, we're going to build? And then huh. one of you guys is responsible for separating all the pieces? Or do you just dump it in a big tub at the end? Huh. Or how, well, how, mm -hmm. tell me how I handle this. <laughs> well, one of the things we've done before was we first started off with just putting the set out and on like the whole area, the meeting area, and letting kids just explore. And then what we noticed was some kids were overwhelmed by so many pieces. So then it was really helping them to sort and they started sorting by colors mm. and putting them in bins. And then we had two project tables open and one table where just the materials were and then they could go to two different spaces and build in those spaces. So for some kids, it was perfect. So it's really looking at the students and what their needs are. Because for some kids, it was fine to just have them all out there and they just started building. And then for some kids, they were overwhelmed. So, and then sometimes you could just make it a small center with a table with maybe five or six kids that can go there at a time and kids come and go in and out and then having spaces where they can save their structures so that they can come back and revisit them and then make changes and add more. And that's where you talk more about the engineering process with them. And, and in your makerspace, how much of this is student with product versus student with product with aid or extra teacher or guided, you know, well, how does that uh -huh. work? Well, what's interesting is that kids will tell you they have their own ideas. So, you know, with the, the Lego sets, do you want to talk more about that? Um, no, we, we were just talking about yes, this yes. because um, many of these Lego education kids, they come with cards. Yes. So they look at the cards and sometimes they just have this sense of accomplishment when they follow a card and they try to build exactly what they see mm -hmm. but with other kids they just want to they have their own ideas and 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 they want to make their own things so sometimes 
if the kid, like when you dump the, the, the Legos on the floor, um, they just try to follow um, like a map. They're called the a map. map. Yeah, so they follow the map. map and they try to build what they see. Yeah. But with other ones, they just like, oh, you know what? This reminds me of, and they, they bring their experience to to the to to this to the place. So they say, Oh, this reminds me of a park. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna make a park, a playground. Mm-hmm. And they start building things. Now I wanna pick up on something that you guys said earlier. You said you like to, you know, pare down the sets and separate things by colors. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm a dad today instead of a podcaster, but this is where if you look at the colors of the set, yes, uh-huh. you have your blues and your reds, but you have your light blue and your dark blue. And you uh-huh. have your light green and your dark green. And to, mm-hmm. you know, to get the kids to start to differentiate between yes. different shades, mm-hmm. again, I'm sitting here floored going, where did you pick up on this stuff? But no, they're saying light green, dark blue. And yes. I'm, I'm going, hey, I'm a great dad because of this, right? <laughs> Geniuses. I take all the, uh, by the way, I take all the credit for this. So. <laughs> Where, what, so if, if, let's say that you're a parent and you're looking to bring something like this in, right? Yeah. Where do you go to to find these great sets? Clearly, you can't go to a local toy store and pick up Lego Education. Do you do you have recommendations, or, or where where can a where can a parent go to bring this stuff into their homes? Yeah. So we are in the the great age of the internet, and so LegoEducation.com is, I think, probably the only place that you can get these um, because they are so specialized. Um, and, and what makes it specialized? You guys had mentioned cards or something. Yeah. They, they always, it, it's not just the toy. There's always no. a curriculum or there's always extra stuff to it. What, exactly. what, why else is this important for you as the educator and parent? So, you know, any teacher knows that, you know, any material kit that you get usually comes with, you know, a stack of lesson plans and your administrator tells you it's not going to be a big deal to implement it because it has all the lesson plans. It's all set out. It's going to be easy for you. Um, and this is no exception to that. Um, it comes with some really great lesson plans and I can say that because we helped to write them. Um, so yeah, it, it includes some great lesson plans, um, that touch on just some basic STEM concepts, um, ramps, pulleys, gears, you know, all of the concepts that we remember from when we were kids in school. Um, But then there's also some really great picture cards with um, ideas of what the kids can do with the bricks. Um, So a little different from your normal Lego set where you get a booklet of instructions that walk you through step by step, um, you know, what it is you're supposed to be building. Um, These are a little bit more open-ended with, um, like they mentioned, just some ideas of, you know, how you can use the pieces, how you can, you know, use them together. Um, and it, it leads you kind of through a nice story about these kids who are, you know, at a carnival and they're exploring different rides and there's a parade and, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it definitely engages the, the creative side as well. uh, Um, I think in terms of helping parents to to locate these materials, again, I would agree with her with actually going on the internet. Um, But I also think for us as teachers, it's thinking of ways to introduce um, the products to the parents. And, you know, I know with, in our school, uh, Myrna, I know has a homeroom app 
that informs parents. I have an actual website. And so what we do is we've done a lot of documentation um, to show parents how kids are using and what, they, what they're saying, um, how they can see, you know, the skills that are emerging in their, their, their children and they want to be able to purchase this. I think it's us also as teachers, you know, uh, getting in touch with our, in our community, looking at bookstores and talking to booksellers to have these products, um, Lego products available in communities. I know one bookstore in Roxbury, the owner asked me, how can I get the steam park in the store so I can have it on display so when parents come in, you know, I can talk to them about it and introduce it. So that's one of the things I'm trying to work on now is thinking about how parents can have access to these materials because that's really important. That's key for families that don't. Well, I certainly think that, you know, being aware that these products exist is is certainly key to this whole thing. If you're out there on Twitter, you can go to Lego underscore education. And if you just go to education.lego.com, uh, it directs you right to the site. Very colorful, lots of information, great products out there. But the most important thing is everything that we're talking about today is focusing on my students. Sorry, on everybody's students. And I want to... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, even as we were saying this before the show starts, as a tech coach, I get a chance to walk into all of our pre-K classes and see what the kids are doing. I come yeah. home and I work with my kids to make sure that they've got these skills. STEM is here. STEM oh, is yeah. real. Um, STEAM, yeah. STEM. I mean, even just now, before putting my daughter to bed, we were playing with an iPad and she's got the little drawing out. And, you know, she's, she loves drawing on the iPad. Great. <laughs> Well, I take out my Lego, put it on the iPad, and now we're tracing squares and shapes and rectangles wow. and stuff like that. Yep. And she yep. loves it because she can pick any color that she wants. And so with my older one, we're doing something similar, but now we're actually building, you know, we're drawing a rectangle and moving the block and drawing another rectangle. And we're actually kind of drawing through tracing. It's just nice and it's neat. And it's easy to do. Yes. Um, I, I want to just kind of give you guys an opportunity to, to do like closing thoughts here. You could talk about t uh, tips for using these tools, places, resources, anything that you yeah. want. But speak to both the educator and parent. And then when you're finished, let us know one more time where we can learn more about you guys. Um, Alicia, let's start with you. Hello? 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 I'm sorry. You know what happened? You totally froze. So I didn't, we didn't get a chance to hear what you were saying. We're sorry. Okay. Let me take a quick pause. Um, the question was, um, take, g give me like your final thoughts on, on steam education with, with, with little ones. And then at the end, tell me where to find you guys. My take is my last words would be for parents and uh, teachers, just, ask a lot of open-ended questions, allow kids to play, uh, provide the opportunities for them to play. And um, that's what I think I would say in closing remarks. And a lot of the work I've been documented on uh, my website, it's youngsteaminventors.com. And you can see a lot of the work with Build Emotions and with Steam Park there. And I just want to add that, you know, we live in this world where everything is so fast. We have to do this. We have to do that. And I think um, Lego education, it's, it's 
it's a way of like pausing. Um, the kids can be kids, they can build, they can use their creativity in a way that they, it feels like they're just playing. Kate, last words. So uh, one of my favorite facts that I like to share with my teachers and my parents um, is something from a recent U.S. Department of Labor study that says that 65% of the children who we are teaching now are going to end up in jobs that have not even been invented yet. Right. Um, right so, so we are educating them. We are raising them for a world that we know nothing about, um, mm -hmm. which is overwhelming for teachers and it's overwhelming for parents. So I think the most important thing to remember is that the best thing that you can teach your child is how to solve a problem how to think creatively, how to be flexible, and how to communicate. Um, and whether you do that with a great Lego set or with a book or whatever you might choose, um, I think as long as you keep those concepts in mind, you'll be all right. You know, I, I love this topic. Um, clearly, this is something that's, that hits close to my house and and and. You know, we want to know what you guys think out there. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of the show. Find me on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voicemail over on TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Um, if you're looking to get a hold of anybody on our panel, I would love to connect you guys. There's so much great information and, more important, research out there. And, hey, they make great holiday gifts. Let's just be honest about that, right? Oh, like there's yeah. A, I, 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 Lego I, for Christmas. Lego for Christmas. Who Who isn't getting Lego for Christmas? Um, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Please come back anytime. Um, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I definitely will be up in Boston at some point this, uh, this spring. Maybe we can catch up together. Sounds Got great. And, and, I believe that's going to be the last teacher cast show for 2017. Of course, I want to thank everybody out there listening, supporting teacher cast over the last six and a half years. Like we said at the top of the show, um, brand new teacher cast coming out in 2018, new website, new logo, new podcasts, and yeah. a lot of great things going on there. So as I always like to say, we're just beginning stick with us, follow us and please take a moment out there. Teachercast.net slash iTunes for all of our audio teachercast.net slash video for everything that we have on YouTube. Help us out. Um, we really appreciate it, especially during the holiday season. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.